It's that time again, Suns fans. It's time for the Suns Jam Session Podcast with both Matthew and John. I'm John, he's Matthew, and we're excited that you joined us today. Matthew, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. How's everybody else doing out there? They're doing all right? I hope, they're, okay? I hope they're doing fantastic. I think they're doing great. You know, things are looking up. The bubble yes. is yet to burst over there in Orlando. And soon we'll be watching Phoenix Suns basketball again, which I know that everybody is excited about. You're yes. excited, right, man? Oh, I'm very excited. I can't wait. Um, it's, I'm got, I got ants in my pants. That's the best way to describe <laughs> it. Ants in my pants. The only thing worse is Michael Jackson in your pants. But... That's the only thing that's worst? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I mean, it's that top five lived, for sure. But. That I haven't lived through, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So. Well, I know that I'm excited. And of course, as fate would have it, I have a friend who is having a birthday at the end of the month, and he's invited both me and my fiance up to Sedona to a timeshare. Like, hey, let's hang out. Let's have a good time uh, over the weekend of Yikes. the 31st of July. And Nope. Like, how do I tell somebody? It's like, hey, man, oh my gosh. I really appreciate that. But I'm taking like the weekend off and I'm watching Suns basketball. Like, it, yeah. am, I, am I a dick for saying it? Like, should I just be straight up or should I come up with? No, something? Like, it's it's equivalent to almost maybe the Super Bowl or else like really important playoff matchups in the NFL. I would say, right. That's pretty close to it because this is the season's on the line right now. You know, we haven't first, had basketball. It's, it's literally the first time any basketball has been played in like four and a half months. Yeah. And I haven't been asked to do anything. I haven't really hung out with anybody since the whole quarantine began and the social distancing began. And of course, the first time anybody's had the cojones to ask me to do anything <laughs> is literally on the first day that the Suns are back. And it's like, are you kidding me? Now I have to lie or cheat yeah. or steal. Like, I know... Maybe he'll listen to this pod and he'll just be like, oh man, that's how John's feeling inside. That's the inner turmoil he has. And I put him through simply by asking him to spend a weekend with uh, his fiance and my fiance, you know, everyone gets yeah. together and just hangs out and it's going to be gorgeous to Sedona, but there's no sun's basketball. Well, like, if I don't... you can watch the game and then still pod with me after, I think I approve of it, but I kind of want to watch the games together, you know? Yeah. That was kind of the game plan, man. Yeah. Get some wings, hang out, watch the suns. Shirts I mean, that, off. Yeah. Shirts off. So, you know, yep. sun's out, guns out. I mean, yep. So that's the turmoil that I'm facing officially as of oh. today. I've been navigating that all day. First world problems, you know, First I mean, it's just, yep. that's what those what, are. Do, what are you going to do? So maybe sun's jamsters, you can give me a little advice on how I, <laughs> how I talk to the guy on that one. So <laughs> remember, you can always follow the show at sun's jam on both Instagram and Twitter. You can visit our website, sunsjamsession.com. You can email the show, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. And perhaps you can give me some advice on how to tell one of my good friends. It's not like this is just some random acquaintance. It's one of my really good friends. Haven't seen in quite some time, obviously, because of everything that's going down. And of course, that's like his birthday weekend. And it's also like my anniversary when I first met Shannon was oh, because okay. of his birthday six years ago. Yeah, so it's okay. like, I, well, ugh, turmoil, man. Looks turmoil. like you're going. All right. Yeah. It looks like I'm going. <laughs> well, we got plenty to talk about today on the sun's jam session podcast, but if I'm going to talk sons, I'm going to pop open a beer. So let me pop this bad boy open right there. Let's talk some sons, baby. Jealous. thing i really wanted to talk about today 
besides my high note right there, the first thing I want to sounds talk like about me. Today, <laughs> the the crackles thing, like I do. Yeah, every now and then I just get really excited. <laughs> um, the first thing I want to talk about today, and I know it's not Suns related, but I've got to ask you, Matthew, have you been watching Matisse Thibel's YouTube channel? Yes, I have. Actually, you tweeted about it, and I watched both episodes. I, I, I cannot believe like he's doing this because I've wanted a player to do this like my whole life for anything. I just yes. want the behind the scenes footage and this is perfect. This could be better. I feel like than the MJ doc, just the behind the scenes of the bubble. Like what else can you ask for? All the players are going to be there. You're going to get all the reactions from all the players, all the coaches. It looks like he doesn't really hold much back. And a lot of players don't really mind being recorded. Plus he does really good things with the camera. He's really yeah. artsy in a way. Uh, really surprised me. Of course, I don't know the guy, but I just, I was surprised that, you know, he, he had a, kind of a different outlook on it to where he kind of wanted to make it a little bit more filmy. I don't know how to say it, but well, just artsy, artsy, I, think is a good way to put I guess. It. Yeah. But um, what do you think about it though? I mean, I know you'd love it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I tweeted about today because I started watching it. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Matisse Thibel, who plays for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, he's a six foot five rookie from the University of Washington, decided that seeing as he's going to the bubble with the team, that he's going to record what's going on and he's going to put it on YouTube, hashtag welcome to the bubble. And he's given us kind of a behind the scenes look of what's going on. And it starts with him literally packing his bags and then going on the bus and then going on the plane and then arriving in Orlando and being quarantined and getting tested. I mean, the whole nine. So we've talked about it in the previous pods about how there's going to be a lot of really interesting access that we're going to have from the players via social media, whether it be Snapchat or TikTok or YouTube in this, uh, this instance. And it's really kind of cool to see what he's been doing. It's nothing overly impressive. You're not going to be blown away by the storylines or anything, but there, the first episode was nine minutes. The second one was 11 minutes. And it just gives you kind of like what the players are going through. And you're even hearing kind of like their little inside jokes and things of that nature. And I just yeah. think it's the, the content that I was really looking forward to seeing because you're not going to have the media access there. There's only like 10 writers there and they're not walking around trying to record everything that they're seeing. And I think Matisse Thibel and the way that he's approaching it, we're going to see an unfiltered look and it might be something that's somewhat game changing as far as how things are going to be presented in the future. And people like him who've grown up in a generation that's had an iPhone in his hand pretty much his entire life. I mean, you look at the kid and how old is he? 23 years old. I mean, the iPhone came out 11 years ago. So, I mean, he's had one in his hand since he was, you know, a preteen. So he knows how to yeah. use, tech, use technology. He knows how to stitch things together. And you can see the effort that he's putting in. And that's how, kind of how he's killing his time. And it's just, it's fantastic to watch. So if nobody's watched it, you got to go check it out on YouTube. Just, you know, Google Matisse Thibel YouTube bubble and you'll find mm-hmm. it. I got to, you know, it, like if you were a player, is this something that you'd be doing? Uh, you know, I wouldn't just because um, I'm very impatient, I think, when it comes to things like that. And I feel like I would mess it up and not make it look as cool for other people to see. But I know you would definitely do this. This is something where he was throwing his clothes in the, in the uh, closet or throwing his shoes, like where yeah. the shoes are supposed and to be stacked he, and he, he snaps in front. Yeah, stuff like that just reminds me of something you would do. Just kind of like when we go golfing, I have to record you swinging and stuff. You know, hey, you always up. have like little, no, but you always like plan ahead. You're like, oh, let me do this. Like stand over here, do this. You know, you got to coordinate things. And that's the way he was doing it. It's nothing sloppy. It's very well put together. He's one of the more calmer um, NBA players. What I mean by that is just like his attitude, everything is just very, very chill. Like Mm -hmm. he just seems like a really cool guy. And 
to have him hold the camera and to actually not really interview players, but just walk around and just get some reactions from players. It's just the best. I love that. Like I can watch that for hours. I seriously, I watch both episodes uh, back to back. I mean, I had people emailing me at work, like waiting for answers for stuff. I'm like, hold, like hold on. on, hold on. This is some good stuff. And this is exactly what I want to see. And this is the best place to do it at, man. I, I can't wait for the next episode. No, me too. And to your point, you know, he's on a team full of characters. He doesn't need yes. to be a character himself. And that's what's great about it. You know, he is a rookie. And he said part of being a rookie is I got to go buy a Chick-fil-A for everybody. So he does that before <laughs> yeah. they depart for Orlando. And it's just, yeah, I think it's so well done. And it's so fun to watch because you're getting that inside access truly into the players coming from the players. And that's the stuff we love the most. That's one of the reasons that Inside the NBA is such a popular program for TNT is because you're not hearing from a bunch of guys who've never played. It's not you and me and like Bill Simmons sitting up there talking about how they should have run the pick and roll in the, in the third quarter. It's Shaq and Kenny and, and Charles, and they're talking about the players and their personalities and how that equates to the game and the vast majority of the league and everything of that nature. So it, it gives it more... Uh, authenticity. And that's what the best part, you know, I'll end my point on Matisse Thibel's YouTube channel. Welcome to the bubble is authenticity of it is second to none. And it's just, it's super fun to watch. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's definitely something that everyone should watch for sure. Without a doubt. And you look at the bubble that the 76ers and the Suns and everybody else is playing in. And out of the 322 players, two have tested positive for COVID-19 during the quarantine inside the bubble-like environment in Disney. Uh So those players never cleared quarantine and have since left the campus to isolate at home or insulate or isolation housing, said the NBA in a statement. Mm -hmm. So these are players who came there. They tested positive. They never were exposed to anybody else because of such, because of the controls. And again, I don't want to keep harking back to Fiebel's YouTube video, but you see the processes and how they're approaching everything. So you can kind of see and understand what the process was of testing and then how those players ended up being coming positive and now are removed from the bubble. And I guess hearing that a couple, two out of 322, which obviously is fantastic numbers, and that means that the pre-testing that occurred prior to showing up to Orlando starting on, I believe it was June 25th, how, mm-hmm. how effective that was. How confident are you that the bubble's not going to burst? Very, very confident and um, un NBA related. Um, T the TBT tournament that just mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was one team that was affected by it, right? And they were actually uh, thrown out of the tournament because someone tested positive, so they didn't advance. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they can do it with a, I don't even think they really had a bubble. It was kind of just something thrown together, like last minute. What I what I assume, and the NBA planned this out. It just goes to show, like this can be something that can be conquered, something that can actually withstand the coronavirus. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think that these players, they're going to try their best. I know someone snuck out and stuff and got some Postmates, but they're going to try their best to make sure that they don't test positive. And what happened is um, on Thibel's, his YouTube channel, the show Mm -hmm. that he has, um, you said they went through the process, but they did show – where they had to quarantine for like 22 hours or something. So it wasn't really that bad. You know, he survived it, took the wristband off and he was ready to go. So those two players that tested positive during that time, I mean, they were removed. So I think they're going to be okay. I really don't think there's going to be anything, any players that come up, they might test for COVID, but if they do, 
I like how the NBA is handling it. And I think they can actually complete this whole thing without anything, you know, without like tearing the whole thing down. Cause that's really what I don't want to see. And I really, I'm like a hundred percent sure it's not going to happen that way. Well, I feel that the bubble itself is so well thought out and the processes that have been put in place are so advanced in thinking as far as ensuring that everybody is as contactless as possible, that the players are only within, you know, they're staying in the bubble. And I think that it's going to take a lot for that bubble to eventually burst. Now, the first thing that's going to happen negative is if someone does test positive and they've already kind of infiltrated the bubble and then you kind of start to the social tracing and see who they've come in contact with, that's going to be the first real test of the bubble. And we haven't hit that point yet because they haven't really ventured out yet. And once they start to venture out and that is players going to other hotels and hanging out with other players and somebody potentially, you know, not doing the right thing and bringing it back in. I mean, that that's a microcosm of society right now. That's what we're seeing across the board. I could sit there and do everything that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm social distancing. I'm quarantining at home. I'm not going out and hanging out with people on the weekends. Maybe it's a reason I don't go up to uh, Sedona at the end of the month. Mm, you know, who knows? maybe I could use this in my favor so I can watch the suns, but I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing, but I still have to go to work just like these guys. They're going to work. And maybe somebody at work didn't do the right thing. Now I come into contact. I mean, that's the, the fear that everybody's living in. That's the world that we're living in. And I just think that the NBA is so well thought out in its processes and providing consequences to those processes that nothing's going to really stop this bubble. The only thing that I think will stop it is if you start to see a, an X number amount of people's test positive with the coronavirus. And that's my next question is, is what's the tipping point? Like how many players mm -hmm. need to become infected for the NBA to just go, you know what? We're shutting it down. Is it five or do they go half the league or are they like, are they going to say, Hey, listen, somebody got infected. We're just going to continue to move on. Somebody else got infected. We're going to continue to move on because those people eventually are going to have the ability to come back, especially considering the uh -huh. time that they're going to be there. What are your thoughts on that? It depends who gets affected and Ooh, infected. Answer. It really does. And I know for a fact, I really do. I don't think that, any of the players that are, you know, top 10 or top 20 players in the bubble right now are going to test positive. And what I mean by that is if they do, I really don't think it's going to get out. I don't think that if they test positive, their names will be released. I think that the NBA is going to see this through and see that it, these players, even if they are infected by it, are not going to have very many symptoms. And if, as long as that's the case, then they can continue to play. But I'm just saying that's that's just my what yeah. I really really think that like how the behind the scenes is going. But besides that, if any of those players get infected, then that's going to tear everything down because I mean all the teams want to go up against the best, and if they're fighting for a championship, where even when you heard from Frank Kaminsky who had an interview uh, at Barstool Sports, mm -hmm. that is the tough one to say. Um, <laughs> he mentioned like. And I keep hearing this from players like this is going to be a tough battle. And I think whoever wins the championship here is going to be legitimate. So if these players are taken down by the virus, it's not going to seem as legitimate. And that's why I don't think the NBA will have these players taken out, even if they do test positive. Well, see, I think if they test positive, they're absolutely going to be taken out for the 14 days or until they test negative. And that's the key is, you know, if they get three consecutive negative tests, they're going to be right back in the rotation. What you don't want to see is an entire team decimated kind of like Brooklyn has been, although Brooklyn's been more of a self decimated team than a mm -hmm. coronavirus decimated team that you have guys who just don't want to play. 
Uh, again, yeah. nothing wrong with that. And they've actually brought on a bunch of ex sons in an effort to, to make a run at the playoffs, which I think is great. They got <laughs> Tyler Johnson. They got Jamal they Crawford. Did they, they? Get, did, did they get Beasley? Yeah. I think yeah, they got they Michael Beasley. Beasley. So it's like, yeah, yep. they got to just like, you yes. know, the Brooklyn X Suns should be their name over there in, uh, uh-huh. in the Eastern Conference down there in Orlando. <laughs> I'm rooting for them. It's I'm rooting for them too. I'm like, yeah, let's go X Suns. But I think that's kind of the way it's going to go is, I mean, they're going to have to follow the protocol. I don't think they're going to stop though. Like if LeBron James gets no, infected, they're going to be, a, it, they're, it'll be two weeks and then he'll be back or three negative tests and then he'll be back. And that's yes. just the way it's going to go. I don't think that we're going to truly hit a tipping point where they're going to say, shut it down. There's too much on the line here. And personally, I want it to see itself all the way through so it can showcase the hope that we need as a country for everything that's going on. Because with everybody you talk to and all the news and the negativity, couple that with politics and things of that nature, everybody's just so down. We need some hope. We need some excitement. Yeah. And these players have an opportunity to provide us to that, uh, provide that to us. And again, they and what they're doing is a microcosm of society within a bubble and saying, hey, America's a bubble. So how do we manage this bubble? Well, we can start with micro bubbles and move up from there. So yeah. I'm excited to see if they can actually get to that point. And I think that they, they will see it all the way through. Yeah, I'm glad you agree with me 100% on that, well. honestly. I feel like we might be in the minority too, because every time I hear somebody yeah. talk, everybody's very skeptical yeah. that this is going to be able to occur. But we got to be honest with it too. Like we can't just like say what everyone else is saying because they're no. saying it. Like we believe what we believe, and honestly, I think this is going to follow follow through. And I just like you're you're right. I can't take the negativity anymore. I just I really can't because we. I always see a lot of interviews um, with the players and from what I've seen so far, they think this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and they're impressed. all the outs. Yeah. And all the outsiders are still saying, well, not all of them, but most of them are still saying, eh, I wouldn't be surprised if this didn't work out all the way, but that's not how I want to think about this. Me neither. Me neither. And Monty Williams, when he was interviewed uh, last Thursday or Friday yeah. in a zoom call with the media, he was talking about that. He's like, I'm, I was skeptical coming here on how they were going to do this. And you know what? I'm nothing but impressed. So, mm-hmm. and, and speaking of positivity, I got some, po- I got a, a positive story for you. You ready for this? Yeah. What is it? Frank the tank, bro. Oh, he is officially this, man. in Orlando. Okay. Yes. We didn't know if he was, go- if he was present or not, you know, there was much, there was a lot of speculation that occurred as to who is actually in Phoenix following the report of the two positive COVID tests in late June. Right. So we really didn't know, but it's official now. We know that he's official. there. You know, he, we didn't see him getting off a plane or carrying an 18 inch monitor into his room, uh-huh. but he did get on that, uh, serious XM barstool radio program, uh, today, Tuesday, the day that we're recording this. And he was talking with them about everything that was going on about, and about him just being a bubble boy. You know, he was talking about living in the bubble and there's a lot of stuff to figure out. You know, he's like, uh, if I told you a year ago, Hey, 22 teams from the NBA are going to Orlando voluntarily uh-huh. and locking themselves down inside a bubble and trying to figure out how to make things work. You want to believe me. And I'm with him there. And he's talking about how, you know, either you can complain about what's going on or you can just deal with the, what the situation is. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's great to hear from Frank, the tank, the interview that he had with barstool uh, radio was fantastic about him talking about the food and talking about, uh, how they, it, it's every day they're learning something. And it's funny hearing that. Cause that's, I mean, that's the society yeah. we're living in at work. Are you finding out new things every day? I know I am. Are you? Uh, 
Yeah, no, I definitely am finding out new things, but the way it's handled at my work is kind of sporadic and it's not very as controlled as it should be. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not going to call anybody out, but it's just like, it ain't you know, the NBA. If, if you're making us money, you got to be here at the office. And, um, but the thing is with Frank is he's so very straightforward. I love him because mm-hmm. he, you don't really forget about him, but honestly, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, Frank, see, he's coming back. That's the way when I heard about this, like that's the way I thought about it. But you kind of thought in the beginning, I kind of thought he seemed kind of stubborn in a way, just a little bit, just like, eh, this kind of sucks. It sounded like, but the more he talked, he was like, ah, I'm like talking myself into the situation and it's not as bad. And that's what I love because that's the same thing I got from Thibault's video. It's just like, you know, they're, they're living a regular day. They're having fun. They have so much stuff there. It looks like a big, like, carnival circus just going on but it looks very entertaining uh but with frank honestly i think that he's a positivity that the suns need the nba needs and all the fans need going into the bubble um so that's what i really took away from this interview and it's just funny to hear from him again man well it's funny some of the things he said he's like i've heard rumors that they're gonna let us go on rides and he informed yeah. the listeners that he had, <laughs> yeah. he had those sick parents who never took them to Disney World growing up. So it was actually the first time he'd ever been there. Mm-hmm. And the one ride he wants to go on, those Dumbo elephant rides. Yes. Like, can you imagine big-ass Frank Kaminsky and those tiny little Dumbo things just grinning yeah. like, a, like a jackass? It's, it's, it puts a smile on your face. And that's why you love it hearing does. from Frank. Because Frank doesn't give you the answers that are just vanilla. You know, no. I saw the Zoom call with uh, Devin Booker a couple of days ago, and, you know, he was giving you kind of those vanilla answers. Yeah, it's yeah. great to be back with the teammates. Dave King asked, asked him a question, our managing editor at Brightside, and was like, hey, you know, what's it like, the chatter between you and Aiton? And, you know, he gives you kind of the political answer that a superstar should. Frank's giving you the fun stuff. He's like, hey, man, I've been playing Call of Duty. You know, yeah. and I think he had one of the best quotes of his interview with Barstool Sports was when he was talking about Call of Duty, he said, I kind of suck. I suck until I don't suck, and then I have flashes of greatness, and then I suck again. And it just reminds me of exactly, like, whenever I play Call of Duty. Yes. You know? Whereas Booker just be like, oh, I love playing Call of Duty. I own motherfuckers. You know, like, yeah, Frank's like, I suck until level. I don't. You know, yeah, that's so. everybody else but Booker. That's yeah, exactly. exactly how everybody else feels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Definitely. Again, positivity. It's great to hear Frank Kaminsky's officially with the team. Yeah. We didn't really suspect whether or not he was there, what his time frame for a return was, but we definitely know he's there, and it's great to hear. Yeah, and one of the first things you heard about before the bubble is like, are these players going to be able to go on rides? Are they going to enjoy themselves? Mm-hmm. It was like, no, absolutely not. Everything is shut down. Yeah. Is, but now it's like, eh, maybe we can because that's the way I thought it was going to be. It's just like they can probably loosen up a little bit after they get through the first few weeks and everyone's not testing positive. Then maybe they can do other things. So that's how I feel it's going to go. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing I want to talk about was something that Dan Favale from Bleacher Report put out this week. And he's the same guy who put out something last week pertaining to the top 15 at each position. It was him and another Mm -hmm. writer from Bleacher Report. And he put out something yesterday saying the top storyline for every NBA team in Orlando. And I scroll down, I look at Phoenix Suns, and he said, Mikhail Bridges' arrival with a question mark. And essentially the, the case that Favale was making was that he has the opportunity with Ubre out potentially to become a defensive linchpin on the wings who provides both spacing and playmaking. And he said that that is the Suns' top storyline in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the top storyline for the Suns? And if um, not, what is it? 
it's hard because when you're an outsider, um, when you're an outsider and you're watching the Suns or, you know, they don't watch the Suns. They just try to think of things. Yeah. I think maybe that might be one because we do talk about Mikael Bridges a lot. So maybe you're going to hop on that and stuff. But my biggest is just Aiton playing, honestly. I mean, that's my biggest attraction to this whole coming back and playing mm-hmm. is DeAndre Aiton. Um, so I don't think that is. I mean, what do you think, though? I mean, we've been talking about Mikael Bridges um, filling into the starting lineup. So maybe it is. Yeah, Mikhail is definitely somebody who we all have our eyes on and we're excited to see what he's going to do with the opportunity with Ubre being out. Don't get me uh-huh. wrong. That's definitely a plus. But to your point, I don't think it's our top storyline. And I don't expect Dan Favale to know everything about the Suns, <laughs> yeah. the intricacies of what we're looking to see as fans or what the organization is looking uh, for. But I have uh-huh. to agree. I think DeAndre Ayton is probably my number one thing I'm most excited to see play. Devin Booker yes. is definitely number two. But I want to see... DA. He's made a lot of comments recently talking about the intensity that he's going to bring. Monty Williams was talking the other day about how impressed with uh, DeAndre Ayton and his physical stature and how Mm -hmm. prepared he's come. The talking between him and Booker on the court. I mean, all of these things are pointing to, hey, I know it's only eight games, but can we see an aggressive and dominating DeAndre Ayton? That's what I Uh really am looking for. Uh, Mikael Bridges, of course, that's a great subplot. Uh, seeing Devin Booker perhaps go for 35.5 points per game. That's a great subplot because yeah, if he really does, yeah. he'll, he'll surpass Tom Chambers for the most points per game in Suns history at 27.1. Mm-hmm. So that's what he needs is 35.5. So there's all these little subplots that I'm excited to see. The backup point guard battle. You know, what's yeah. going to be going on with Javon Carter, Elia Kobo, and Cameron Payne. So we're going to be seeing these things. Uh, Mikel Bridges' arrival. I, it, it's top three, so I'm, I'm not disappointed with that point. But I think that seeing DeAndre Ayton come out and try to impose his will upon other teams that are playoff bound is going to be something that's going to be both intriguing and exciting. Yes, and it pretty much shows, too, um, with like the lack of you know knowing Suns. I mean, whatever's going on with the Phoenix Suns, like people aren't really intrigued by it these days, which is acceptable. But even like DeAndre Ayton's article or on Bleacher Report where he was number seven yeah. on the top 15 centers – it like they said, like he needs to improve on defense, and will he live up basically to uh, Luka Doncic and Trey Young's like mm. uh, you know glamour stuff like that? It's just like you know it's the basic stuff where you didn't even really watch him this year. Then I know his stats improved, but there are other things to his game. And the whole comparison with Luka and Trey Young is still too young. And then they go on later to compare him to uh, compare DeAndre Ayton to Shaq and Tim Duncan in their sophomore years. Yeah. So it's like, so you're kind of contradicting yourself saying he's not going to live up to that expectation, but then you have Shaq and Tim and Duncan. Tim Duncan. Same, yeah. It's like, okay, so he, he is, or he isn't, I don't know, but that just shows like how much they really pay attention to us, which is fine. And we love Mikel Bridges. So. Yeah. I comparing eight into young and to Doncic as, although it makes sense because they're in the same draft class, they're completely and utterly different players. And it's going to be something that, in time, will start to yeah. fade away. And you will talk about him more compared to positional players that he shares versus guards and flashy players who are nutmegging people. Like, DeAndre Ayton's not going to go out there and nutmeg anyone. If he has an, a monster jam, like, that's the only kind of highlight he can hit Sports Center with, uh-huh. you know, or hit a three-pointer or something. So, I mean, in time, that will fade. He's the number one pick. He's going to get that scrutiny. I understand it. I expect it. And I hope he lives up to it. Yeah, I do too. And... Centers, centers do take longer to improve and mm-hmm. actually catch on 
Um, but really quick, I just wanted to um, add on to, you were talking about DeAndre Aiden and Booker talking at practice yeah. and stuff. I really hope that DeAndre Aiden gets to that point to where he can kind of humble Booker yes. a little bit and, you know, become the alpha dog of the team and be like, you know what? I'm the one that's going to leave this team in two years. All right. Not you, Booker. Yeah. I'm going to score the points. <laughs> Give me the damn ball. Booker, you can be the second scoring option and we'll win championships. You know, yeah. let me be Shaq. That would be awesome. They want to be I Shaq and Kobe. That. You got you to gotta let him be Shaq. My heart would melt. Oh, I fall in love. <laughs> One thing we were talking about on our last podcast was Monty movie night. You know, he had mentioned that he was going to play movies with the team and kind of have those team bonding experiences. I know uh -huh. it's something that in the army we did a bunch when we were in basic training. You know, the only time you kind of come out of your the barracks and hang out was when they were showing us like we were soldiers or Saving Private Ryan. So he actually had his first movie night and he chose to go with The Uncomfortable Truth. This is a movie that was directed by Loki Mulholland, and it's a story of, a son, of the son of a civil rights activist who is stunned to find out his family history. His, mm -hmm. He goes through his family history, and he finds out that they actually used to own slaves. It's something that Monty showed to the team, and he said, I thought it'd be a good thing for us to watch as a team, even if we don't talk about all of it. I think it makes you think. First and foremost, I got to ask, have you heard of this movie? No, I actually haven't. Have you before now? No, before now I haven't. It's definitely something I'm going to watch. I see you can get it on Amazon Prime. And it's interesting because we were making vague predictions on our last podcast on what's Monty going to show the team. And I was saying, hey, it's going to be Remember the Titans and maybe The Blind Side and like these great <laughs> yeah. sports-based movies. And why didn't we think of documentaries? Like how dumb are we? That, yeah, you know, especially to motivate and like to keep the players learning about what's going on. Like that would be the best prediction was well, documentaries and we did not think of it. And I feel bad, but honestly, yeah. I would never, I would never have thought of these kind of movies. Like I just, you know, I, I don't think it would have even popped into my mind just because I don't know how much, like even when you brought up the blind side, like I don't even know how much the players would pay attention to that. So any guests that I would have had in my head, I'd be like, I don't know if these players are going to sit down and watch, but something like the uncomfortable truth, that's something that where the players can sit down and pay attention and learn oh, yeah. something, which is perfect. Well, it's meant to motivate and it's meant to educate. Yes. And that's, I mean, I didn't even think about Monty trying to hit both. I was thinking the motivate side, but not the educate side, and especially given the times that we are in, you know, swinging a miss by the sun's jam session podcasters on this one, uh -huh. not, not, thinking of any documentaries so you know there's going to be more movie nights are there any other documentaries that you think monty's going to show the team yeah if they're going to learn probably like tiger king right i think that's like <laughs> definitely a good one they've <laughs> all seen like, it <laughs> yeah if you've seen it we're going to watch it again but it's um, like listen no. we're in florida carol baskins <laughs> around here somewhere we got a finder see no i don't have any good recommendations i need some recommendations uh uh, you know, forwarded to me in order for me to watch some great documentaries. So. so one thing I think that they could show or Monty could show the team is we were Kings. And that is, it's a, like a 1997 documentary about Muhammad Ali prior to the George Foreman fight in Zaire, the, the rumble in the jungle. And it's okay. all behind. It's a fantastic documentary because wow. it gives you, you know, it, you look at it and the footage is from the mid seventies. It's put together in 1997 and it doesn't feel that old. It's a great watch. So that's something that maybe, you know, a good Muhammad Ali documentary session could be good because he's also somebody who stood up for civil rights and stood up for himself and said, Hey, I don't believe in this and I'm going to, I'm going to say it out loud. So if he wants to motivate his team, we were Kings is one that he could watch, but I'm sure that he knows. I mean, again, I've never heard of the uncomfortable truth. I'm sure Monty has, mm -hmm. 
being such a smart, well-educated, well-spoken individual, I'm sure that he has a library of documentaries and movies he's, he's planning to show this team in an effort to motivate and educate them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what is on his agenda. And I love that because an idiot like me would never think of that. And then plus, I would never be able to coach anybody. So <laughs> I don't know why, why I like, thought I would have a good recommendation for a movie. You're right, guys, we're going to watch A Bug's Life. The bugs enjoy <laughs> it's jerry seinfeld as a bug you're gonna love it is it yeah <laughs> oh okay i thought he was in the b movie and that's it was it the b movie he was in he was I in thought... b movie not bugs life oh man well who was in a bugs life i don't remember oh gosh now i have to google things yeah live and on the air bugs let's see life. uh kevin spacey oh no we don't want to do that Oh okay. shit! Wow. Okay, yeah, a B, B movie. All right. Anyway, oh, moving Foley, on. Me, nah. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. All right. So the Suns are still holding out hope for Ubre to play in Orlando. Are you holding out hope that Ubre is going to play? You know, I am kind of now because I heard that Olin Depot was thinking about coming back. So once I heard that, I'm like, you know what? It might have to be. It might have to do something with him you know, missing out. And like, he's exactly. seeing maybe, maybe he's watching Thibault's videos. He's like, you know what? I could be there having fun with my guys. And I just want to be there. And even if he doesn't play, maybe he comes just to support him. Like Kelly Oubre did, which Kelly was smart. He made a decision to go support the team. And now he's gets to live with them and have fun. And it looks like a ton of fun. So I would, I would have enjoyed it too. And it kind of reminds me like if I was a rock star, you know, if I made it big with my band mm-hmm. and the way these players are sitting out, it's like, you know what, I'm not going to play this gig because the next gig is more money. But then you just see videos and stuff online of people recording the concerts and you're just like, Oh man, that looks like so much fun. I should have been there. And I feel like the players are going to realize that now the ones that didn't go and now they want to play, but you know what? The whole time I was saying, I was like, Kelly Oubre is already there. <laughs> yeah, true. It's true. It's true. He's though. already there. But like, yeah. Ola, but like, you know, to the Victor Oladipo point, you're you're spot on. You know, these guys probably were skeptical at the beginning, and they were like, you know uh-huh. what? In the long term, I want to take care of myself because I want to make sure that I get paid. I want to make sure that I'm healthy for next season. Yada uh-huh. plus yada equals yada. And then you see all these things that are coming out of Orlando, and you're seeing these experiences that are happening, and you're sitting at home, and you're going, you know what? Once this, in a lifetime. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. They will never again be something like this. Well, until the next pandemic. But I mean, it's an opportunity to go and do something unique and fun and do it with your teammates. You're not going yeah. to, you're not being asked to go there alone and hang out by yourself. Well, other than in, you know, when you're quarantining for those first couple Only of days. Only 22 hours. Yeah. But I mean, you are having an opportunity to do something with your homies, with your, with your comrades, with the guys you go to battle with every night. I mean, I'm I'm not holding out hope that Ubre will play. I know he's there and he's around the team, and mm-hmm. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Having Ubre around the team, even if he's not playing, is huge for this team because he's the heart, the soul, he's the swag. So having him there in Orlando with the team is massive. If he plays, that's a bonus. I don't yes. necessarily know if I want him to play. I want him healthy for next season and or I want him healthy – to perhaps make a transaction worst case yeah. scenario he goes he plays game four his something happens with his knee you know now all of a sudden son's luck starts to creep in and we're not getting the maximum we could for him if we choose to trade him but we're not getting the maximum potential from him next year because he's going to be injured half the year so there's a lot of x factors there in why i don't want Ubre to play but i gotta ask you this does he need to play for the suns to be successful in orlando and i guess that's kind of the key do we need him there and actually playing if we want the team 
to make that miraculous 8-0 run? Does Ubre have to be there? Yes, he does. I think he really does. Just because the Bobro lineup works so well. Mm-hmm. Plus, this whole thing can go the other way for Ubre to where they make a dent into the bubble to where teams are actually fearing the Suns. Not fearing them, but they actually have to put up a fight to play them. And then if we somehow make the playoffs, that helps them even more in the, if we trade. And it helps the Suns too as well. And then also if he goes into next season with the Suns, if he's still here, and they continue to play well. Like, you know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when Jordan twisted his ankle, you know what I mean? And, um, and the documentary showed like he – could either play and risk injury again or just not play. I'm not saying he's MJ, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, you can't worry about what might happen. It's just, you got to go out there. If you're feeling good, you get cleared, go out there and play because it could be the best for him in the Suns in the future, which I think it, it might be. So I would go that way if I were him and I would, and if the Suns cleared him, I'm the Suns owner, like the general manager, James Jones, I already wanted him to play. So it's automatically going to happen if he's cleared. Well, I know that if he comes out and he does play, I'm going to be excited. If he doesn't play, obviously, yes. I support that. But if he does play, hell yeah, man. I mean, like you said, Bobra is the way to go. Bobra yeah. is the way to go, bro. <laughs> it's the way to go for one game. <laughs> or yeah. how many games it was. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was fan- it was a fantastic, like, 122 minutes when they all played together, man. They fucking owned yeah. it. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Exactly. It, was a lot, it was a lot more than that. But, again, having Kelly there – make it obviously makes the team better so i hope that uh-huh. if he is healthy and he does want to play play kelly and Come on you, board and and you can't blame the guy because you look nba.com put out their top 100 dunks of the season oh yeah and baby. kelly Ubre was on that thing three times yes he had number 63 he had the left-handed dunk versus the denver nuggets on top of miles Plumley, which that, that that's the proper spot for that right i mean dunking on Plumley shouldn't get you top 50 no, I mean, if a guy can't jump really over a nickel, like uh, my dad says, Eddie Johnson, then no. I mean, it, it doesn't, but it deserves to be a top 100, definitely, yeah. right? Yeah, if this was top 50, I wouldn't expect that one to be on there. Definitely remember that dunk. But at the same time, like, that's one of those dunks when he was throwing it down. You're like, man, poor Plumlee, dude. Like, the guy's just tall. It's the one you feel sorry for. Yeah. Yes, yes. Now, the next one, number 37, I did not feel sorry for. Uh-uh. And that was the Clippers, the dunk over Paul George. And that was around the beginning of the game. And Kelly Uber yes. had a great game that game. And, I mean, that thing was instantly all over Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you look, Bleacher Report. Mm. They were showing that dunk over and over again. And that was just one of those savage dunks. And that's one I actually am surprised is only number 37. That one I feel like should have been higher on the list. Yeah, it should have been. But then when you go down the list and, like, you keep watching the dunks, they're almost yeah. about the same. Once it gets into, like, the top 40, it's like, yeah, they're all dunking over somebody. It just depends who it is. And, you know. But this but, was um, Paul George. Yeah, but this was over Paul George and one of the best defenders in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And it got Ubre off to a great start in that game, like you said. And he did the head bob. Everything just just perfect. Everything was laid out oh, perfect yeah. for that. It was almost like – um adam silver laid this dunk out just like he did the bubble you know everything just perfectly <laughs> came planned. together perfectly yeah and but only number 37 and then the third yeah. time he's mentioned on the list was number 20 <laughs> and that was versus the lakers the tomahawk over javel mcgee and if i remember correctly was that new year's day um or was that the game before it it might have been the game before okay it. i do remember watching it. i just don't remember what day it was or Gosh, you know new year's how long ago does that feel um two years ago maybe yeah seriously seriously and then of course number one on the list was lebron when he was doing kind of like the kobe dunk yeah after kobe had passed well it was uh, like a drive through the lane one i think where he just he went over and he just dunked on top of somebody so it wasn't even that flashy that's what i was saying like the top 40 yeah top 35 they're about the same kind of dunks but kudos to kelly Oubre for getting mentioned three times uh ricky rubio mentioned zero times 
Yeah, he didn't get on that list again. Uh, come on, Rubio. We need you, Papa Ricky. Come get on, on Ricky. that. Get on, get on that. Get on that dunk list, Suns fans. <laughs> uh, but again, speaking of Kelly Oubre, he uh-huh. tweeted out on Saturday to all my NBA bros: Postmates delivers to the hotel. Triple exclamation point. You just have to go out and meet the delivery person at your hotel entrance. Security will not hold the food for you or help you. Yeah, the food whack, but we're here for a bigger purpose. Hope that helps. Hashtag shh. And then, of course, he has to delete that tweet because <laughs> a couple of days later, Rashawn Holmes gets in trouble for going and picking up a food delivery. In fact, he put a statement out through the King says after the initial quarantine period, I briefly and accidentally crossed the NBA campus line to pick up a food delivery. I'm currently in quarantine and have eight days left. I apologize for my <laughs> actions and look forward to rejoining my teammates for our playoff push. And, and uh, Kelly Oubre deleted his tweet. <laughs> And, yeah, and, and I forget what he put. I think he said like, "I guess not" or something. He's like, "Never mind." Lol. Yeah, never mind. LOL. <laughs> like, oh, so I mean, you know, they they were teammates together last year, Rashawn Holmes and Kelly Oubre. Yeah, and I just think it's uh, oops, <laughs> you know, it's things like that though that could ruin the bubble. Yeah. And and I keep seeing everything over all over Twitter. Maybe you have a little bit more insight in this, but everyone's giving Chris Paul shit for being a narc. Like, did he narc out Rashawn Holmes? Oh, well, they're thinking about that. And that was even before the bubble happened where there's like a narc line you can call to tell on players. And they already yeah. said like Chris Paul would be the number one guy. So oh. as soon as something got out like this, he would be the number one person to blame. So that's what's going to uh, happen. It's all, it's all over Twitter. I don't know if everyone, anyone blamed him. I think like doesn't he have like that ring or something where it shows he went past a certain marker or something? I thought that's how they yeah. had it laid out. Yeah, I would so think that's so. That's how I think they knew. I would think so. But, there, there's one tweet where it's like no one – and then just nothing that says Chris Paul. Yeah. It's spelled R I C H A U N. Like it's just, there's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great yeah. comedy. It's great comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on the whole mm-hmm. Ubre putting out? Say, Hey, go get Postmates. Sean Holmes going to get Postmates. And then like, if oh. we played the Kings, it'd be fucking fantastic. But yeah, it would. I know we don't play them soon enough, but um, the thing I was thinking about was the Postmates delivery driver. You know, he has to know it's Kelly Ubre. So I'm sure like, Restaurants were told, hey, you guys cannot deliver to this restaurant. You can't go to Disney World. You can't do it. But also the people that are picking up Postmates, they probably know who's who's picking it up. Or they probably know where they're going. Mm-hmm. But then also do the restaurants know like, hey, this is an order for Disney World? Because they want it, right? Because Postmates is, you know, it's a different third party. So I don't know if they really know like the restaurants if it's going to um, the hotel well, they, or not. I mean, they have to because the address is present. Oh, okay. So they see that. I don't really, I don't know if they see the address or just a third party like Postmates sees the address and they know. Yeah. I'm so not I don't quite, know. I'm not quite sure. I got too technical with that one. Yeah, it's just man. a funny little, it's a I'm funny a, little a, thing that happened. Like, I don't know how the whole Postmates program works, but, uh, <laughs> but, but one thing that. actually uh, Frank Kaminsky mentioned in that interview with Barstool was talking about how they're updating every day, kind of how to get food. Yeah. And he, and he says, you know, because a, uh, a lot of people have different things that they like, so the NBA has actually figured out a way to help that with letting them order from the nicer restaurants. They just have to get approved first. So Postmates isn't currently approved, whereas other nicer restaurants, like he was talking about Del Frisco's steaks, how players are ordering Del Frisco steaks and getting those delivered. But because Postmates wasn't approved, Rashawn Holmes got busted and now he's in quarantine. <laughs> you know? yeah, see, go, go figure though. It's just like real life. You know, like yeah. you can't, you can't go here. You can't go here, but you can go to Walmart and home Depot. You can't go yeah. to mom and pop shops. Those places are shut down. They're but you shut can go down. to the big corporations like Del Frisco's. 
Yep. Any place that has a bar shut down. So, yep. I mean, but they're, they're slowly getting everything that they want to keep them comfy. So that's good. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. That's Very good. Nice. We want them to, we want them to be comfortable. I do too. So another thing I wanted to talk about, of course, is the draft is upcoming. Yes. We're just shy of three months away, which is still oh, fucking baby. feels like forever. It's going to be a great three months. So once it's yeah. Starts. Yeah. Once basketball's back, it's going to fly. <laughs> But you have Sam Vecini from The Athletic actually put out a, his mock draft version 6.0 uh-huh. three months from draft day. And in his article, he was talking about how, you know, the, the bubble started and basketball's right around the corner and got me all amped up for it. And then he's like, okay, so the way that I did this one is I just went to Tankathon. The first time I hit it, that's what I went with. The Suns got the number two pick in his mock draft. That's the only reason I thought I'd bring it up. Because yeah. in his mock draft, he says the Suns will pick LaMelo Ball. How happy are you to hear that? I am so happy. If we get that guy on our team, I would, I'd probably buy his jersey because I really do believe in him being a superstar. I keep saying it over and over again, which mm-hmm. I truly believe he will be. And he's not, I think he's 6'8". He's not 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, I think he's 6'6". Six, six yeah, he, I think old. he's 6'8". Oh, okay. But is he still 18 or is he 19 now? No, he's is 18. He, oh, he's is he 18? He's, okay. he's almost 19. I think he might be 19 by the time the draft occurs. Oh, yeah. But he, he's 6'7", six, 6'8". Yeah, so I, I love him in the lineup just to throw him at the three spots. So that's just me. But if that can happen, then I would be very, very no, happy. See, with we that. get LaMelo Ball, man. You make him a backup point guard for one year with Rubio and you trade Rubio the following year. I mean, I think you start him right away. I, well, I, but where? The three. You have then, Rubio, Booker, LaMelo Ball, Mikel Bridges, and DeAndre Aiden. That's what the starting lineup I want. So next year. if that happens, you're trading Ubre for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, we've always talked about Uber. And look at what he did to the Postmates guy or to Rashawn yeah. Holmes. Yeah, you know? he set people up for failure. <laughs> I'm just uh, sh- Hashtag like sh- I, If I was trying to help someone out, that's exactly what would happen to me. I would post <laughs> that and then someone get electrocuted or something. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Electric man. wire. Well, on so. LaMelo Ball, I think he would be a great fit for the Suns. Uh-huh. We'd, we'd hit the jackpot if we had, uh, honestly did that. Like I've said before, and I'll say it again, you know, between him and Obi Toppin, if we can get one of those guys, I really – feel the suns are going to win in this draft but if not like i don't know I'll trade the pick yeah. trade um, the pick as for our dumb trade of the week i actually have nothing to report i think with everything that's going on in the nba with the bubble with the access we're seeing with the different interviews and having coaches and players talk to the media about actual basketball and not just what yeah. they've been doing sitting around that there's no sites reporting dumb trades of the week so we actually don't have to talk about this one this week you like that I do like that. Uh, maybe we can just revisit like earlier before trade deadline, like how stupid our trades were, but <laughs> just oh, you no, know, thinking about how this trade the whole team, but Booker for Carl Anthony towns done. That's done trade of the week. I'll do it. I'll do it twice. Damn it. <laughs> well, I guess that leads us right into our mailbag. So do you want to take the first mailbag question, Matthew? Yeah. So this is from uh, the vengeance. Ooh. Yes. All right. What up the vengeance? Thank you for this question. Which one of these former sons legend would fit the best on the current team? Would it be A, Steve Nash, B, Charles Barkley, C, Amari Stoudemire, D, Sean Marion? Okay. Um, well, thank you again, The Vengeance. And remember, as always, you can email us, sunsjamsession at gmail.com or visit sunsjamsession.com to leave us these messages. I think this is a great question. It's tough because I can really see every one of these players playing for the Suns 
in the current NBA. Steve Nash would excel. He'd be shooting more threes. He'd be highly effective. Barkley, although a slower player, I still feel would be impactful in this game. Just look at Zion uh-huh. Williamson. A prime Barkley is something similar to Zion Williamson. Stat, yeah. seeing as he was a center back in you know, his days with the Suns, would be a great fit for the modern NBA due to his athleticism. And then Sean Marion's just a do-it-all player who was ahead of his time. So I'm really stuck on this one. I think if, you, if you look at the question, the Vengeance asks, which one of these former Suns legends would – be the best fit on the current team yeah the current team is the key there and i Mm -hmm. it's got to be steve nash steve nash is a distributor with devin booker with uh deandre ayton seeing those two run the pick and roll seeing devin booker have the ability to come off screens and just hit wide open threes because that's what he would have steve nash makes everyone around him better mikhail bridges would become a you know a top 25 three-point shooter if he had steve nash throwing him the ball so i gotta go with nash what do you think matthew honestly when i first thought about this i thought sean marion just because i know current team but we've always wanted to kind of trade away kelly Oubre and find a way to you know get a replacement and we always wanted a number four so i think like sean marion be a good number four in this team honestly him and mikhail bridges with deandre Aiden would be a really awesome but then it's hard to say to choose him over amari stoudemire but uh, i'm gonna go with sean marion just because okay. i think I can just see him, you know, have, I think Rubio is good enough as a point guard. I know he's not Steve Nash, but like what eight, almost nine assists this season. So he's getting the job done. And if he had Sean Marion, he would be past probably 11 assists this season. So I'm going to choose Sean Marion on this one. Wow. So I went with your favorite player of all time. And yeah. You went and with went, mine. Yeah. Interesting. The more we do these pods, the more I'm just always choosing Sean Marion for that's, everything. That's so. right. That's right. All right our, our next question comes from Shilpa Dehape at Gmail. And he asks, start bench cut trade, best sons small forwards of all time. Sean Marion, Thunder Dan, Grant Hill, or Eddie Johnson. What are your thoughts One, here? So I know we've done center. Two, we've, three. Yeah, so who do you start out of this list? Who do you bench? Who do you cut? Who do you trade? And who's missing? Is there anyone missing from this list in your opinion? Gosh, that sucks. I hate that because I know I'm going to miss somebody. Um, gosh, small forward. We, you know, I can't think of anybody right now, but I'll just go through my start bench cut and trade. So I'm starting Sean Marion. I am benching Grant Hill because I, I loved him on this team. Mm-hmm. I know I don't remember Th- Thunder Dan. Sorry. I know he's great. I would trade Thunder Dan and then cut EJ. I just, Ouch. that's really messed up, but wow, I don't know. Pops, Either way man. you do it. Yeah. You know, I know that's true. And I keep doing that to him too. I feel like this is the second time I cut him on the podcast. Jeez, man. No yeah, love for Eddie dude. Johnson, even though you, yeah. you you look it up to him like he's your father. You, um, no well, sharing popcorn tonight. Yeah, heck no, man. He's You got to yeah. walk home. Yeah. Uh, so I think a couple – I'll just throw a couple names that I think are missing. Like Connie Hawkins isn't on this list, and okay. I think that he's probably a top three sons, small forward. Uh, Joe Johnson – small yeah. forward, you know, because Quentin Richardson was primarily playing the two, although they kind of, you know, switched roles back and forth. Michael Finley, even though he was only here for a couple of years, and maybe Cedric Sabalas, so the, and maybe okay. A.C. Green, but A.C. Green was on the bench, so that makes it tougher because if he was on there, you automatically just bench A.C. Green. So I got to go, yeah, you got to start Sean Marion. Uh, I'm going to bench Thunder Dan. I'm going to cut EJ, and I'm going to trade Grant Hill. Okay. Although I don't think anybody would actually – you couldn't get much for Grant Hill as a son, <laughs> you know? At the end of his career, I tried to trade him, and I'd end up yeah. just having to release him. Yeah, that's know? exactly why I chose Grant Hill because he was such a great scorer when he was with the team. Uh, very underrated, so and he get more for Thunder Dan, so that's why. 
All right, so we did have a question come in while we were doing the podcast. This came in yes. via Twitter. So thanks at Bridges D-P-O-Y. And he asked, who should we go for in the draft considering we land the 10th pick? Guys like Hallie, uh, Anthony, Vassal, or should we look to trade the pick? What's oh, yeah, your initial thought? Definitely just answered that one. Uh, trade the pick. Yeah, Exclamation I got, point. I got to agree. I mean, there are some great guys there. And if some of those guys yeah, there are. fall down to us, which we know they will, you know, I'm falling in love with more guys down here. You know, Vassal, Anthony, these guys, I really like their games. Halliburton, I like their games. Don't get me wrong. But if we have an opportunity to trade that pick, especially if we're packaging with some, that with something and we can get something better than one of these projects, yeah, got to go that route. You know, if you're doing Kelly Oubre in the 10th pick to Golden State for wherever their pick is, you're going to get something better down there. If yes. you're trading the pick and getting a veteran in here from another team, you're, you don't have a project. And I just think that the Suns need to steer clear of those projects and try to find proven players to put around a team that is on the verge of excelling to the next level. We need to stop trying to fill that bench with a bunch of rookies and guessing what they're doing and start filling that bench with veteran players or proven guys in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. You hit it spot on. And definitely if uh, we can get that number one or two pick in a trade, that's what I would do in a heartbeat. Boom, shakalaka. Nailed it. All right, I got one more question. I got a surprise question for you, Matthew. Oh. You, you don't know what this question is. No. All right, you ready? Yes. So I've been going back and forth all day with our illustrious leader, managing editor, Dave King. And we would like to know if you would like to officially write for Bright Side of the Sun. Really? Yeah. Yes, I would. <laughs> Has he read my articles? <laughs> Are they... T- <laughs> I, I asked him to, and he wasn't, he wasn't a big fan of going to Valley of the Suns to read them. <laughs> oh, no. Just because, like, their format's a little different than Bright Side. Oh, and once you okay. get used to Bright Side, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of hard. But, you know, I told him what I've, what I've been telling everybody. You know, your writing gets better with every article that you're doing Valley of the Suns because you're trying to find your voice as a writer. And I think that it's time that we bring those talents to the Bright Side. So, oh, man. Here's, yes. here's, my, here's my rose. Will okay. you take my Oof. rose? Yeah, I'm fanning myself right now. <laughs> oh my god, you're I'm like Frank, you're, you're like Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you heard no, it here. You great. heard it here first, folks. Uh, Matthew Lissy is going to be one of the newest writers for the Bright Side of the Sun website. So welcome aboard, Matthew. We're looking forward to getting your perspective on the content that's occurring. All right, I'm Everything excited. Sounds. Very nervous. I don't know why. I mean, I still I write for Valley of the Suns, but I don't know. I just I feel more nervous because I don't know, man. You'll get more comments on bright side and and, and they won't always be nice. (laughs) No, they won't for me, especially. So don't read the comments. All right. All right. Yeah. Great. Great news. Thank you. Well, there you go. Um, Do you have anything else? What are you watching? Is there anything new you started watching this week or did you see any movies? Oh, so I watched the afterlife for the third time. No way. Laughed and cried my eyes out. You watched it for the third time. Third time. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't finished it for the first time. I'm just, I'm not depressed enough yet. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I always watch something. I'm like, oh, I got to mention this on the podcast. But now I can't even remember. I can't remember. I think I started The Boys, which is on Amazon. It's about superheroes. That's that, great. Yeah. You, did you watch that? I watched the whole thing. That's a fantastic it's, show. Yeah, I'm on the second episode of that. It's pretty good. I don't mind it. I'll, I'll have it on. Yeah, that's a good show because it takes another look at superheroes, you know, versus like, hey, you know, we're out there. We're fighting crime. This is like showing what kind of dicks they are behind the scenes. So yeah. it's really good from that standpoint. Yeah, no. What are you watching? Uh, haven't started any new shows. I did watch on Netflix the Eurovision movie with Will Ferrell and oh, Rachel did you McAdams. Like that? 
it was okay. It was long. It was a lot longer yeah, than I expected. I gave up. It, it ha- yeah. I mean, it took me two nights to watch it. I oh. watched the first night and I was like, okay. And then the second night I'm like, well, I got to finish this. And it, it was okay. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple laughy parts, you know, it's kind of like Adam Sandler at the end of his career just is like the same thing with Will Ferrell. Like they're just trying too hard to get the, get a laugh instead of naturally making me laugh. And I'll mm-hmm. still watch them out of respect because I've, they've been a part of my life and made me laugh for so many years. I will always give them a chance and watch it, but you find yourself laughing less and less. And then I'm also watching, so I finished that and I started watching McMillions. Okay. That's the six part series on, I believe it's HBO. Yeah, it is HBO. Yeah, where they talk about uh, the guys who essentially defrauded the Monopoly McDonald's game for $24 million and how it was kind of like a family back East and how, and the intricacies of how that occurred. So I've, I've been watching that as well. Oh, very cool, man. Um, I think that it's HBO max now, right? I Do you have know. HBO go or I, I have it. I, I have HBO through prime video. Oh, okay. Okay. So I, I get the HBO channel that way, but okay. I don't, because my LG, I have an LG TV and it won't let me get like HBO Max. It's so lame. I can't get like the MLB app on it. I can't get HBO on it. I'm like, uh-huh. you know, come on, LG. Step <laughs> up know. your game. No, isn't LG? Yeah, it sucks, dude. And yeah. especially my phone, LG. I remember baseball season. Oh, yeah. I couldn't even watch the games on my phone. Yeah, they lost you their know? partnership between MLB yeah. and LG. And it's like, you paid $129 to watch baseball, but because you have an LG, you can't watch it now. It's, it's like, the craziest me? thing. Craziest thing ever. It's like, I have a smart TV. That's just like, not very smart. It's just like, you know, and, and it's a C student TV. It's not uh-huh. like you're a, an A plus smart TV. <laughs> yeah. It's a bunch of crap. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Sorry, man. Well, well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's all we got for this edition of the sun's jam session podcast. We thank you for hanging out with us for this past X amount of minutes. I don't know how long it's been. But remember, as always, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on both Instagram and Twitter. Stop by the Facebook Suns Jam Session page. Stop by sunsjamsession.com, which is kind of a one-stop shop for everything that is Suns Jam Session. Or you can email the show, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. And you can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lizzie. We thank you again for hanging out with us. I'm going to go grab me another beer. I'm done talking. Take care, everybody. Everybody stay home and love your family. All right.